It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 378 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called mystery manual it is september 23 2022 and this is jen i'm gonna start us off with another tweet from life at blizzard they've been highlighting people who are working in some capacity on diablo 4 and this time they have highlighted colin McAtee, a golden doodle dad and an in-game cinematic animator for diablo 4 And there's a link here. It says, Sanctuary awaits you. Apply to join the D4 team here. And there's a link to that. Everything I talk about will be linked in the show notes at ShatteredSoulStone.com. So you'll be able to check that out there. Here's a quote from Colin McAtee. He is an animator and in-game cinematics for Diablo 4. He says, as an artist, I think it's really important to always consider yourself a student, no matter how far you've gotten in your career. Working at Blizzard, I'm lucky to be surrounded by some of the best artists in the world. Every workday is just a new opportunity to learn and grow from those around me. I can feel myself getting better every day, and I'm incredibly grateful for it. So that's one of the people that is working on Diablo 4, which we're all hoping to get as soon as possible. I can't remember what a golden doodle is specifically, but I think it's like a big dog kind of thing. It's not like a little lap dog, so it's cool. I like when Life at Blizzard highlights like, hey, here's a little look at some of the people that are making this game you really want to play because I think that's important to know that you know there's actual real people behind that. Windows Central has an article titled Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella comments on Xbox's Activision deal and the slowing economy. This is written by Jez Corden from about a day ago. I'll read you just a little bit of this. Microsoft is attempting to purchase Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Activision Blizzard makes popular games like Candy Crush, Call of Duty, and World of Warcraft. Despite some regulatory jitters, Microsoft would still be far from overtaking its primary gaming competitors, such as Sony's PlayStation and Chinese tech giant Tencent. Nadella also discussed Microsoft's approach to the weakening economy amidst growing inflation. Here's a little bit from the article Uh, Microsoft is working to acquire Activision Blizzard. We already know this. I'm going to skip that paragraph. Activision is known for same games they just said a minute ago. Across the company's decades-long history, Activision has swept up a massive content library over the years. Despite Activision's impressive library, it has lost much of its user base in recent years, owing to stiff competition from companies like China's Tencent, who own Riot Games. We'll get on to that in a minute. Uh, Activision has also struggled to retain key staff owing to repeated scandals, which have seen its share price struggle to recover. In an interview with Bloomberg, Microsoft CEO Satya, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Nadella offered some fresh comments on the deal, which is currently subject to regulatory scrutiny in the UK and other territories. Here is a quote. Of course, any acquisition of this size will go through scrutiny, but we feel very, very confident that will come out, Nadella said. 
Reacting to regulators, Nadella noted Microsoft's position in the global industry, which puts them behind companies like Sony, Nintendo, and Tencent, depending on the metrics used, remarking upon Sony PlayStation's recent acquisition spree and regulatory scrutiny, he quipped, if this is about competition, let us have competition. Microsoft has repeatedly signaled its intent to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation in perpetuity, but Sony has responded by continually pushing the idea that it could lose the franchise entirely to Xbox. During the discussion, Nadella also discussed Microsoft's position within the wider economy. Central banks across the globe are raising interest rates to cope with rising inflation in an attempt to depress borrowing and drive down consumer prices. The turmoil has trade-offs for borrowing, which will naturally hit those with debts and mortgages, as employers will also seek to cut their own costs with layoffs and decreased investment. Nadella is confident that Microsoft can weather the storm, though. And here's a quote from from him. The constraints are real. Inflation is definitely all around us. I always go back to the point that in an uncertain time, in an inflationary time, software is the deflationary force. Microsoft is ensuring that our customers are able to do more with less. So in terms of outlook, I am optimistic about Microsoft's value proposition. I'm optimistic about our share, but we are not immune from anything that is a macroeconomic headwind and kind of goes from there. So there's that one. Torchlight Infinite tweeted the following. Today we are honored to announce that at David Brevik, the creator of the Diablo series, has officially joined the team of Torchlight Infinite as the consulting producer. His expertise and input from a gamer's perspective will help Torchlight grow better in the future. Stay tuned. And there's a picture of him and a quote that says, I'm joining the Torchlight Infinite team as a consulting producer and together we are going to make the best hack and slash game yet exclamation point torchlight infinite consulting producer diablo creator david brevik that's pretty freaking cool this is the guy that if you ask him a question about the old diablo games he usually will come up with an answer and sometimes a whole thread it's really good Uh, so i thought that was kind of interesting i've got a uh, blog post here uh tales of the argonaut by belgast and this is something he posted that was originally written in 2020 and it's titled origins of the color coded loot and some of this is relevant to david brevik right so this is a little bit about what he wrote in the article and again everything will be in the show notes at shatteredsoulstone.com this morning we are going to go on an adventure or at least travel down a rabbit hole be warned that today's post is going to involve a heavy dose of speculation there are going to be things that i just don't know and could not find the answers to but drew my own conclusions so like many of these adventures that i occasionally go on it starts with a random thought that i carelessly posted on twitter And the thought was this, side note, I am not entirely certain who used the green, blue, purple rarity scheme, but they certainly deserve a kickback each time someone uses it in a game. So there's a few things here as to like, how did this start, right? So the popularization of the colored loot that depicts how good the loot is, here's a section on that, and I'll just read you that part. Uh, This led to a search of what game popularized this concept. This was a fairly short search, if we are willing to accept Wikipedia as the authoritative source, to keep you from having to click through and read the entire post on loot in video games. Here is the relevant bit. Here it is from Wikipedia. 
Loot may often be assigned to tiers of rarity, with the rarer items being more powerful and more difficult to obtain. The various tiers of rarity are often indicated by particular colors that allow a player to quickly recognize the quality of their loot. The concept of color-coded loot rarity was popularized with the 1996 game Diablo, whose designer, David Brevik, took the idea from the roguelike video game Angband. There it is. You know, <laughs> there it is. So there's a little chart here from the Wikipedia, I assume. And the rest of this section of the blog says, so there we have the most basic answer. The game that popularized this concept was Diablo and the style of loot coding has carried forward in the ARPG genre and can more or less still be seen today in games like Path of Exile or Wilson. This, however, is deeply unsatisfying because even when the color coding was expanded by Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, you still end up with a vastly different scheme than what we have come to accept as the bog standard loot coloration. I feel like we still don't really have our true answer yet as how we as to how we ended up where we are and what the colors mean, uh, what things. And there's more in here from that, and I'll leave you to read that later. Those of you that stream on Twitch are probably well aware that the Twitch president, Dan Clancy, shared a letter, apparently. It's right here for anyone who wants to read it. Uh, on subscription revenue shares, that's from September 21st, 2022. I'll read you a little bit of this. It's kind of long, and it's not favorable to streamers from what I've read from people tweeting about this. So here's um, a little bit. He introduces himself as Dan Clancy, president of Twitch, and I'll just read you paragraphs that seem relevant out of this. This morning, we reached out to a subset of streamers about some upcoming changes to their agreement terms. This blog gives us an opportunity to be clear with all streamers on Twitch about those changes and talk more broadly about our strategy to help streamers make more money on our service. Streamers are and always will be the foundation of our global community. It's your passion, hard work, and creativity that make Twitch the one-of-a-kind place it is. To bring it back around more directly to this blog's topic, we can't run this, this service unless you make money. That's not a drawback, it's by design. This innate partnership is why we support all streamers' careers and ambitions like they're our own. Before we talk about what's happening next, we need to share some information for context. Here we go, okay? <laughs> For subscriptions, we use a baseline revenue share of 50-50 on the net revenue from those earnings. The vast majority of Twitch streamers have these terms in their agreement. However, for some time, we did offer standard agreements with premium subscription terms to select streamers as they grew larger. This isn't something we've talked about publicly, but such deals are common knowledge within the streamer community. Historically, we didn't have a consistent framework to determine who would receive these deals and when. Over a year ago, we made the decision to begin to stop offering these premium agreements to new streamers not already on these terms. As we reflected on how we handled these premium deals, we realized a few problems. First, we had not been transparent about the existence of such deals. Second, we were not consistent in qualification criteria, and they generally went to larger streamers. Finally, we don't believe it's right for those on standard accounts to have varied revenue shares based on the size of the streamer goes on a little bit. Okay, these streamers have come to depend on the additional revenue split to maintain their standard of living. That's a portion of a paragraph, not a whole thing. 
For these streamers still on these premium deals, we're adjusting the deal so that they retain their 70-30 revenue share split for the first 100k earned through subscription revenue. Revenue above 100k will be split at the standard 50-50 share split. We're announcing this change now, but it won't go into effect until after June 1st, 2023. After that point, streamers will only be affected once their existing contract is up for renewal. All streamers with these terms have already received this information and more via email, and we will make sure to give them exact updates and timelines as we get closer to June 1st, 2022. For approximately 90% of streamers on standard agreements with premium subscription terms, this change will not affect them at their current revenue. For those who are affected, we wanted to make sure the impact was minimal, not by just giving them ample time before the deal goes into effect, but also by offering an alternative way to earn revenue. Our recent bump in ads revenue share to 55% as part of the ads incentive program. It's a great way for these larger streamers to make up most, if not all of that revenue. For those that are interested in additional detail, we have provided a copy of the email that we have sent to some of the streamers explaining the change and how that affects them below. So there we are. There's some other like playing around with numbers in this and just all kinds of stuff. Um, and then there is the email to the streamers in there. And it's not really good, it seems. You know, if you've got this deal that you've been given by two, you've got it from Twitch. They said, here you are. This is your revenue. And now they're going to change it. And that's not good for anybody that's been like trying to make their whole job be Twitch. Some people do this. Most people probably can't, but some do. And the don't worry, we're going to make sure you still get revenue because we're going to fill your stream full of ads does not sound good to anyone who's streaming, I assume. And it's not going to be very interesting to viewers, especially if there's like four ads in front of whatever or breaking in randomly into someone's stream to show you ads you can't skip and it is my understanding that youtube is trying to do this sort of thing as well but i don't have direct information about that so here we are in addition you know twitch here has to like cut back on revenue and all this stuff because they're just you know withering away to nothing but they're gonna hold twitchcon in october just a few weeks from now, October 7 through 9. So something is not matching up here at all. But the part I wanted to read to you uh, kind of goes back to something I've read in a previous Shattered Soulstone episode from August 12 of 2022, where they said TwitchCon San Diego tickets are on sale. They, at the time, were not putting in any kind of protections from COVID at all whatsoever. They then updated and said, oh yes, we're going to update our COVID protections. At that time, they said, uh, we are going to require masks in all indoor spaces at TwitchCon. Additionally, we will require all attendees to provide proof of vaccination or proof of negative COVID test taken within 72 hours of attending the show. Masks will not be required in outdoor spaces. Um, so that's kind of a short summary of what they were talking about in August. So now we're here in September and we have this. Updated on 9-23-22. Health measures. 
all attendees, including exhibitors, guests, staff, streamers, etc., must verify they are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or provide proof of a negative COVID test to attend TwitchCon. Regardless of vaccination status, all attendees will also be required to wear approved face coverings to enter and remain at TwitchCon. We will also have hand sanitizer stations throughout the venue. Please see our health measures FAQ below for more information on what constitutes a full vaccination, acceptable proof of a negative test, and face coverings. And then um, there is a verification you can do through something else here. Uh, there's going to be wristbands that identify that you, in fact, don't have COVID at the time you entered this TwitchCon. And that one is, there's a station for this outside of the where the event is taking place so you go get your little you know your little bracelet and then you're good there's something called clear health pass which they're using to expedite wristband verification process and overall experience at twitchcon um, it's a free service on the clear mobile app that allows you to upload your proof of vaccine before arriving at the event or a negative COVID 19 test within 72 hours and this is probably so that you don't have on the very first day of this event uh, a gigantic line of people trying to get in, waiting around, and not being very happy about that. There's also um, meet and greets. There's some rules for this. So in order to ensure their comfort, meet and greet streamers have been given the option to dictate their own safety protocols. This includes handshakes, hugs, and receiving gifts. Once attendees reach the front of the queue, event staff will clarify that the streamer has chosen what the streamer has chosen for their health and safety measures. Attendees are required to wear their mask while queuing and during photographs. Please respect directions from staff and security in the meet and greet area. What constitutes fully vaccinated against COVID-19? So for TwitchCon, it's this. At this time, fully vaccinated means that the first day of your attendance at TwitchCon must be at least 14 days after completion of your primary series of a Center of Disease Control, CDC, or World Health Organization, WHO, approved or authorized COVID-19 vaccine. This means that you need to receive your second dose of your COVID-19 vaccine in a two-dose series or your single-dose COVID-19 vaccine no later than September 22, 2022, to attend the first day of TwitchCon. Um, and then there's some more information from the CDC that you can look at. Uh, there's uh, information about how to verify that you've done the vaccination, and that's like the bracelets and things like this. There's just a lot of things in here. So if you're going to TwitchCon, I highly recommend that you read this stuff and uh, make sure that this is something that you want to go to still, given the rules that they have or that you're comfortable with the rules. There is a part in here, are masks required at, at TwitchCon? The short answer is yes. All TwitchCon attendees, exhibitors, and staff are required to wear an approved face covering in all indoor spaces at TwitchCon, regardless of vaccination status. Face covering should completely cover the nose and mouth, fit snugly against the sides of the face, and not have any gaps. Face coverings that are not able to be secured under your chin, bandanas and scarves, neck gaiters, mesh face coverings, face coverings that have exhalation valves or damaged slash torn face coverings are not permitted. For security purposes, full face masks, cosplay or costume masks, and full face paint are not permitted. So that's something you need to know. And oh yeah, there's going to be hand sanitizer because that's important too. There is a Blizzard thing here titled Diablo 3 Locking and Crashing. It was updated five months ago. And the common problems are Diablo 3 froze, 
Diablo 3 locked up, Diablo 3 is crashing on startup, and this article has two options for you if you're using a Windows computer. Here's what you can do to make your game not crash anymore. If you're on a Mac, well, (laughs) it's not as easy. Using a modified OS on an unsupported Apple hardware or using unsupported graphic cards in Mac Pros may cause lockups and crashes. These setups are not supported for gameplay. So then you, there's a description in here of how to make that work if your game is crashing on you. As you may have heard, two games got leaked uh, recently, and they are games that were not on the market yet. There's an article here from IGN titled Diablo 4 Joins GTA 6 as Early Footage Leaks Online. More than 40 minutes of footage was uploaded anonymously. This is from Ryan Dinsdale for IGN. And this was on, it was updated on September 19th. Grand Theft Auto 6 isn't the only highly anticipated game to leak in the last few days, as footage from an early version of Diablo 4 has now appeared online. As reported by PC Gamer, Reddit user iVirus0, uh, and it's small letter I, capital V, number one, R-U-S, and then zero, spotted two videos uploaded anonymously to a file-sharing website, one containing five minutes of Diablo 4 footage and the other 38 minutes. It's unclear at what stage of development the footage is from, but given that several models within the game world are untextured, it's clearly far from a finished product. A lot of the game does appear to be functional, however, and the videos show what appears to be a barbarian character exploring the world and battling enemies. Blizzard hasn't yet released a statement regarding the leak, but IGN has reached out to the developer for comment. Diablo 4 is expected to be released in 2023, and Blizzard has been fairly vocal about its development progress, releasing quarterly updates on what players can expect from the action RPG. While it will only include five classes at launch, the developer has already confirmed that Diablo 4 will receive years of DLC. Diablo's leak appeared around the same time as dozens of videos of what seemed to be GTA 4. For, uh, GTA 6, sorry, uh, also apply, appeared online, showing robberies, gunplay, fully voiced conversations, and more. So there's that. Now, I know uh, some people have uh, gotten a hold of these released leaks. Some are probably in this article, but I'm not really interested in, in looking at them because I'd rather be, you know, I'd rather wait until D4 comes out to see what's in D4. Leaks aren't necessarily, this is the final footage, oh my, you know, it's not necessarily that. Uh, the stuff that you get sounds like it's early footage from IGN. And uh, if, if you happen to run across any of these leaks and then you decided to retweet them and you were following Shattered Soulstone, no, you're not anymore because I really don't like when people leak stuff from big companies that have a whole lot of people just anxious and really wanting to play the games. I don't want like you to be able to spoil people. So just so you know, if you suddenly can't access looking at Shattered Soulstone, that's why you either put the leaks there yourself or you retweeted someone who did and that's not cool anybody that is just not cool so that's the end of that Um, rockstar games posted a tweet that says the following a message from rockstar games we recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems including early development footage for the next grand theft auto at this time we do not anticipate 
anticipate any disruption to our live game services nor any long-term effect on the development of our ongoing projects. We are extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned as, and we remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players, that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon and, of course, will properly introduce you to this next game when it is ready. We want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation, the Rockstar Games team. So there's that. That pretty much confirms it. There's a website called Game Tyrant, which I wasn't very familiar with until recently when I saw someone tweet this. And there's an article here titled, There's Never Been a Better Time to Jump Back Into Diablo, written by Dustin Orgill. There is a lovely piece of art here that's clearly a barbarian uh, fighting a bunch of things. There's a sorceress in there somewhere. I think there's a druid. Maybe this is D4 stuff. I don't know. So here's a little bit written by Dustin Orgel. During the winter of 1997, I fondly recall the ethereal sounds of the Diablo soundtrack filling my small yet immersive desktop speakers hovering around my CT CRT monitor on my screaming fast Pentium 133 Windows 95 gaming machine. It changed the way I thought about games, especially their audio capabilities to transport players to another world. I was absolutely enthralled with this unknown to me new genre of click-click loot in a dark fantasy world. Fast forward to 25 years, and we can definitely note the Diablo series has definitely had its shares of ups and downs. The series has had massive content gaps, while World of Warcraft became the seeming focus at Blizzard. Now, though, that's all changed. The original Diablo, with the original Diablo available on GOG.com to the to play on modern PCs, a new Terror Zone feature patch for Diablo 2 Resurrected, Season 27 of Diablo 3, new content for Diablo Immortal, and Diablo 4, an upcoming endgame closed beta. There's never been a better time time to jump back in and there's a little bit more from there but I think that covers pretty much what this was about it's it's kind of neat to see someone just rattle off all the games and say look at all this stuff we have people this is wonderful and I think that's right the Diablo 4 public test realm uh, 2.5 is over um, it's reached its conclusion. The Diablo account tweeted this on September 19, and there is a lovely little image of some kind of creature coming at you as you uh, as you look at it. And then there's this. This is why I named the show Mystery Manual, because Diablo tweeted on September 22, this, was reading the old manual last night, found something strange. Then there's a question mark emoji and a link to something, okay? And if you look at it, there's a picture here, and it's got a journal that's open. There's a dagger laying across the journal. There's a pentagram drawn in it. There are little, looks like paper coins of some kind, or maybe they're supposed to be metallic coins. Some of them have the face of the Dark Wanderer. Maybe all of them do. Some of them are upside down, so it's hard to tell. There's one that's different that has some other things on it. There is uh, a bust of Diablo next to it. Underneath the journal, there is a book that appears to be uh, a manual from Diablo 2. There's a box, a game box of Diablo 2 in there. And there's some writing in the journal that's open, and I cannot read what that is, but it's been interesting to just see what other people uh, who have decided to try to decode this mystery think it's about. And I'll leave you to see that on Twitter if you care to look for it. I don't want to spoil anybody accidentally or anything like that, but I think it's really neat to kind of put out this little puzzle 
for Diablo fans to try to solve. And I'll be looking forward to finding out what this mystery is. Now, when you go to the link, um, it just goes to the Diablo 2 Resurrected press kit. The latest content there is from 2021. And it's a launch kit from when Diablo 2 Resurrected appeared. And I don't really see anything different in here. It's like everything is from 2021. So I'm not sure why it connected that way. It's kind of confusing, but maybe this will all be revealed at some point. Speaking of Diablo 2, uh, we have a very long post here called Diablo 2 Resurrected Patch 2.5 is now live. This is from September 22 of 2022. It is Patch 2.5. Um, they, they always put like a little story in the front. So it says, join us around the campfire hero as the flames flicker and crackle. We're incredibly proud to announce that terror zones are now live in Diablo 2 Resurrected. There's also smoke on the horizon, ladder season two, and six new sundering charms will be going live on October 6th. Sit back and relax as we run through the details of all the new hell-tastic features coming with this update. Okay, so there's terror zones. They're in a few places and there's some differing things with them. Part of this says the journey to level 99 is a celebrated experience for players and quite the milestone if achieved, a rite of passage even. We want the journey to level 99 to be accessible to a larger population of players, offer more variety other than repeatedly farming Bale, Diablo, and... Ooh, what is this one? Nil Nilithak? And most importantly, remain challenging. This is where terror zones come in. As we get into details, please note that players can choose to opt out of terror zones if desired. To unlock the terror zones feature, you must defeat Bale per character, per difficulty, using any expansion character. Existing characters that have already fulfilled the requirements will automatically have this feature unlocked. Once Ladder Season 2 begins, players will need to meet the aforementioned requirements to unlock terror zones for their new ladder characters uh, kind of goes on from there um, looks like there's going to be uh, the experience received in the loot drop dropped by killing a terrorized monster a terrorized monster will be based on this new level uh, terrorized monsters will also grant additional experience points there's some details about the numbers in here let's see in addition you'll be informed that you're entering a terrorized area by several indicators unique iconography next to a terrorized monster's name on-screen text and messaging special audio cue in-game text on the audio map, unique environmental lighting, and ember visual effects. There's also waypoints to get around in. Uh, it's, there's a whole list of all the zones that can be terrorized in Act 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Ladder Season 2 is going to start on October 6th. Um, it's a new way, it's a new opportunity for brave heroes to race to level 99 and amass powerful loot along the way. The launch timing is going to be October 6, 5 p.m. PDT for North America. For Europe, it's October 7, 2 a.m. CEST. Asia, it's October 7, 9 a.m. KST. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff in here about that. The Sundering Charms, which I've seen pretty much everybody else that does a lot of Diablo video type stuff refer to as sundered charms or sunder charms but this one says sundering charms so i guess any of those are fine maybe um so it's like the charms that you'd have in your bag in diablo 2 but they're different colors and have like slightly different markings on them and this apparently is for when you reach hell difficulty 
Uh, so it says, in Hell difficulty, many monsters receive resistance to specific damage types. If their resistance re- increases above 100%, that monster is then immune to a specific damage type. Because there are only a handful of ways to reduce a monster's immunity, only a minute portion of hero builds can successfully farm all zones in Diablo 2 Resurrected. We realize that this can create scenarios where certain builds are unable to take full advantage of the current terror zone, thus missing out on the experience gains and, most importantly, the fun of these zones. To promote increased class building diversity, we have introduced six Sundering Charms that allow the player to break specific monster immunity types while the charm is in their inventory. Once Ladder Season 2 begins on October 6, Sundering Charms will be a possible drop for new Ladder characters. These new unique charms will only drop from terrorized monsters in Champion, Unique, Super Unique, or Boss Difficulty. You'll notice a new keyword below called Sunder. Aha, that's where the Sunder thing is coming from. This keyword means that if a monster has immunity to a specific type of damage, their resistance will be reduced to 95%, regardless of what their starting resistance percentage was, breaking their immunity and allowing damage of that type to be dealt to them. Sunder is applied before other resistance reducing modifiers and only affects non-players. There is one trade-off that comes with the Sundering Charms. While they will reduce a monster's resistance, they also reduce your resistance to the same element, allowing you to receive more damage of that type. And then there's specific percentages that you can look at. Um, Again, everything will be in the show notes. There's some stuff here about patch notes and quality of life and things of that nature, but I think I've covered the main points there. So we also have um, Adam Fletcher, who is Pez Radar, global community lead for Diablo and Diablo Immortal at Blizzard, posted a tweet, which is a retweet of the Diablo account from September 19. The tweet is also September 19 from Pez Radar. The Diablo account said, learn more about Diablo 4's upcoming closed end game beta. So uh, Pez Radar or Adam Fletcher, same person. Uh, end game closed beta for Diablo 4 starts soon. Make sure to check the blog for more details. Follows up with this. I just want to reiterate a few big points in the Diablo 4 end game beta blog. One, we will be grabbing players who have recently spent significant amounts of time within our D2R, D3, or DI playing endgame experiences. So here is a block of text from the blog. Who will be invited? Ensuring that Diablo 4's endgame provides the type of thrilling, ever-evolving experience we have set out to create is paramount for the team and something we cannot determine on our own. We need experts, perhaps even players such as yourself. Outlined in a red box, it says, specifically, we'll be using gameplay data to invite a limited number of Diablo players who have recently spent significant amounts of time playing the end game experiences of Diablo 2 Resurrected, Diablo 3, and Diablo Immortal. If you believe you fit these requirements to be one of the selected players, you can help ensure our invitation to the closed end game beta reaches you. And there's some steps to follow below. Continues with, players will not be able to share their experiences publicly via discussion, streams, or videos. This isn't a marketing beta. This is the development team needing productive feedback from our most devoted end game players in Diablo. And there's a box here with red around it, um, just part of the text. It says, this closed beta will be confidential, meaning players invited will be unable to publicly talk about or share their game 
gameplay experience. Additionally, the closed end game beta will be playable on PC and Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, and PlayStation 4 consoles. Crossplay and cross progress for all platforms will also be supported. So, so there's that, <laughs> you know, making it very clear who they're going to invite. And um, so that's, that's a thing. If that's you, uh, you might want to check that out and see if that's something you can get in on. It's not me. I never make it to Endgame anymore. I really don't. I've been doing too many other things, and I've got a bunch of chronic illnesses, so I'm kind of out on that one. That's just not going to... I don't do Endgame. I don't get there. But a lot of you listening probably do, so you might want to give that a try. Maxroll has a post called Diablo 4 Coverage and Beta News, and it's about... um, the endgame activities such as Helltide, Nightmare Dungeons, Whispers of the Dead, Fields of Hatred, and Paragon Boards. And there's a video in here about that that you can check out. It's um, probably not that long. I don't really know. I didn't actually see it until now. But yeah, you know, so there's that. Uh, they do cover Diablo 4. And we have uh, Rod Ferguson, who is the SVP, comma, GM of the Diablo franchise at Blizzard. Uh, says, and he's talking about Diablo Immortal, Immortal pro tip, once you beat Challenge Rift 95, then you get Hell Rift 4 level gear, dropping from Yakin Vendor, Elder Rifts, Challenge Rifts, etc. Diablo Immortal. There's a screenshot showing that, so that's kind of cool. Continuing, there's a couple of events that are going to be happening soon, uh, or have already started. So we've got the Mists of Krag- uh, Kryengar. Kry- hmm. I'm going to go with that. Uh, limited time event. It starts on. It started on September 21st and it's going through September 30. At a 3 a.m. server time, you will get a bounty of rewards to aid your travels. Um, I'm not really sure what this one does exactly, but there's a thing for that. The Scorched Sea limited time event. I've been working on this. That one ends on the 28th as well. Started on the 14th. I got to get back in there and finish. Um, You get some cool rewards. You get a sand-blasted scorched sea portrait frame and ode to vanquishing countless demons. So I'm hoping to get a little bit farther in there. I've got some of it done. I don't tend to be able to finish most of these events on time, but I'm going to give it a try anyway. And lastly, we have a Diablo Mortal post from Blizzard called Explore a New Piece of Sanctuary in Forgotten Nightmares. Now, I'm hoping that video's in here. Yeah, there's a dev update about Forgotten Nightmares, and it does feature Leviathan, who I'm sure all of you know who that is. Uh, speaking with, um, I can't remember the other guy's name. Oh, Joe Grubb. It's right here. Lead game designer Joe Grubb and associate game designer Stephen Stewart talked about the Silent Monastery Gloom Guides prize item set, the Castle Cryangar Warband Exploration System, and things like that. And so there's there's some of that in here. There's going to be server maintenance starting on September 27 from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. PDT for Oceania, China, East Asia, Southeast Asia, and Europe servers. And on September 28 from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. PDT for servers in the Americas. After the maintenance has concluded, the items mentioned below will all be live. Uh, specific dates for any content going live afterwards are provided below. So yeah, it's those things that I read off. There's a new dungeon, Silent Monastery, uh, to go to. The Castle, Kryengar. Um, the requirement to slay monsters with your warband to establish the camp has been removed. It goes on from there. Purge the depths of Castle Kryengar. And I saw that a little bit of that in the video, and it looks like like waves of monsters coming at you. 
Um, upon arriving at Castle Cry, I'm, I might not be pronouncing this right, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, Cryengar, your warband will realize that there are still some unwanted occupants taking up residence in the castle's bowels. You must purge them from your new home. As you crush, incinerate, and eviscerate your way through rooms of undead threats, you'll come across restless spirits that are bound to rot here for all eternity. It's up to you to set them free by first defeating them, severing the connection with their tormented vessel then cleansing their remains. Each of the remains provides unique bonuses that are applied to your character. And there's different things that uh, happen with that. It's kind of neat. <laughs> it's kind of neat. There's ancestral weapons, and there's like a tableau of that. I think you get those from the Castle Cryingar activities. So it sounds like this is going to be pretty big. A lot of stuff coming in all at once. There's also Season 5 Battle Pass, Scions of the Storm coming in. Um, and it says sanctuaries denizens believe that the sheer power of a squall cannot be controlled only nature can truly govern itself but you are born of the elements adventurer and thus the winds have shifted in your favor sharing your desire to rid the sanctuary of its invaders and restore balance it is time to surrender yourself to the chaos time to take your place among the scions of the storm that one starts September 29 and is officially season 5 uh, 3 a.m. server time, and it goes from there, and uh, has to, it's connected to the battle pass. There's an empowered battle pass, and it's like the free standard pass kind of thing, and then there's the collector's empowered battle pass, and all this other stuff. I'm not exactly sure how this is going to work, but okay. There's a new Heliquary raid boss. I never finished the first two. Well, and I finished one. I finished the uh, the fire one. Didn't get in. Like I've been having trouble getting into groups that want to do these raids. Because, like, I had a situation where I was trying to just get into the the one with the, the one that uh, spews fire. That one. And it looked like we had eight people, but then somebody in that group kept wanting to kick out two specific people. So then we didn't have it, and it was like I got tired of waiting, so I just stopped. But there's a new one in here called Ryak. No, that's not right. Uh, Ilzek. Ilzek the Misshapen, leader of the Wrathborn Demons. His cruelty knows no bounds and is re revered by lesser demons who cower under his tyrannical rule. So that's how you get to fight for this time. Journal entries recounting the Misshapen's uh, martial prowess make note of his massive bow, pinpoint accuracy, and penchant for flaming arrows. There's more in here. If your combat rating is at least 6,175, assemble your group of hardened adventurers and can Convene with Ryak in front of the Enifrin uh, tree in Westmarch, beginning on October 2nd. <laughs> yeah, it's a big number there. I'm not going to make it in this one at all. And then there's a uh, Scouring the Darkness limited time event, and that was connected to the Castle Krynagar thing, I think. September 28th is going to start. Uh, Hungering Moon is coming back. Uh, I think that's... Nope, it's going to pop up again in October, so I'll get another chance there's a chance to get a crowned ones cosmetic set so that's a lot of stuff it's a lot of diablo it's a lot of other things and at some point i'm hoping the people that i've seen try to figure out that puzzle from the diablo account with like the weird writing on it i'm hoping they figure it out i'm just gonna sit back and watch and see what they come up with because i have no idea and that's where i'm gonna end the show
You have been listening to episode 378 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone in Diablo 3, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on in our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.